I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. I'm JMS, I'm a comedian, I'm your host, and I'm the idiot in charge, and I'm here to get answers to all of my stupid questions, and hopefully at least some of yours. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Please subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes, or everywhere, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Every review helps, it helps other people find the podcast so they can get answers to all their ignorant questions, and also... I just like reading them. They help me feel good. It takes a village, and I am merely the village idiot. Shout out to Jean and Kathy, my best idiots forever, over on Patreon. You can support the podcast and get full-length intro, outro, and ad-free episodes and more by going to patreon.com slash ignoranceisblessed. I love all my patrons. Patrons? Patrons? Patreonians. I also love Neurogum, and I should have had some before I recorded this. But it is late at night, and alas, I did not want the caffeine. Uh, but it is a caffeinated gum with B vitamins and L-theanine, and it gives you focused energy, so you can get all your tasks accomplished without the weird jitters you get from coffee or other things you might be taking to get energized. Uh, I really like it. It's the only natural thing I've found that helps me uh, get past my ADHD, which is genuinely crippling sometimes. And this podcast uh, wouldn't exist if Neurogum wasn't here, because I couldn't finish a motherfucking thing it's great it's like having an assistant except uh you know i don't look crazy when i yell at it uh if you're feeling crazy by the way uh not to diminish mental health issues but uh that's how i cope with mine is by diminishing them probably i shouldn't say that uh not diminishing joking about anyways if you're looking for mental health counseling there's a link in my bio to or the show notes bio whatever the show notes to betterhelp.com you can get access to teletherapy. Try that. Use Google. If you're not feeling good, talk to somebody. If you're feeling like, whoa, I don't like this. This is the way my brain is reacting. That's okay. Uh, it's pretty normal. Mental issues, mental health stuff affects a lot of us. We don't talk about it enough, so that's just one way to do it. You can click that link. You can look for other options, but that's a way to get affordable teletherapy from licensed therapist direct to you. Calling, texting, video chatting. That's right. If you're too depressed to leave the house, guess what? You don't have to anymore. And, you know, we're mostly not allowed to. Anyway, enough about my problems uh, that I'm projecting onto all of you. Let's get to this week's guest. Oh, my God, you guys. She's back. It's one of my closest friends. I mean, what do I say about her? Uh, Someone I've been doing comedy with the longest. We've toured together. We've... Uh, speaking of ADHD, and we talk about it in the po- the podcast episode, but we've started several projects and fallen off on them. Um, she's hilarious. You guys, if you know me, you probably already know her. It's Dana Moon, and I had her on to talk about being single in quarantine and living alone, but classic us, we go all over the map with this combo, so I know you're going to love it. No more about me. You guys, Dana Moon, enjoy. Hey, bitch. Hi. 
You have like a full setup. I'm so impressed. Um, so yeah, down. What? You have your own meeting ID? For the yeah, party. I paid for it. How do you I, do that? That's so cool. Well, you just, you have to pay for like, um, let me do this. You have to pay for Zoom Pro. So I paid like a hundred and something dollars for the year. But I was like, this is going to be the future. And you can write it off if you have a podcast. So, yeah. And then uh, how did you hook your mic? You hooked your mic up to the... Um, between the two of us, how many podcasts we do? I'm just, I'm just hit start recording because I feel like we might get some gold. No, we between the two of us, we have three. She's got a separate one that's like about... Foot I thought she was like five. No. Well, one of her podcasts, getting to know you just like... <laughs> I guess they got to know each other. And then they're like, well, this is over. I don't know. Because the whole premise was like two people who didn't really know each other. And then it just sort of dwindled out. And I don't know if it's ended, but she hasn't done it in forever. Coronavirus or just like one of those things where it dwindled out as we have all done so many of those things where we're like, let's start this cool project that we'll do forever. And then we do three of them and you're like, all right, How's your podcast? Well, I started a podcast. I started a podcast during the quarantine, like a pandemic podcast called People Pleasing. Yeah. And I started it like three months ago and I feel like I've outgrown the whole topic of people pleasing. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're like no, I'm tired of like, pleasing people. I've grown out of this. I, I fixed myself. I went to an online Al-Anon it's meeting. Not, <laughs> I went to one online Al-Anon meeting and I'm healed. I went, I just feel like I did so much reflecting because that's all there was to do when you live alone. Yeah. And you're alone with your thoughts all day long and you're like, I'm in sobriety. So I'm like doing all that work and shit. So I'm just like, I don't even like resonate with this, but I I don't know. I'm just like, I can't give up on another project because that's (laughs) my, that's what I do all the time. Same. My Moon Me, my Moon Me podcast, I was thinking. It had so many downloads. You had so much momentum. Why did you stop? I'm saying that like, I don't stop things all the time. I stop things all the time. Dude, my first episode had like 6,000 downloads. And I was like, this podcast isn't going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Such a self, is the theme of this episode self-sabotage? Yeah, I think so. Okay, you guys, by the way, I will have done an intro by now, but I might leave some of this on the top. I'm with Dana Moon. You guys know her. You love her. Hilarious comedian. Fucking one of my best friends forever. Uh, Yeah, no, I mean, I wanted to talk to you about, it doesn't really matter. I just wanted to talk to you because it's always a good conversation. So I tried to shoehorn in a topic like being alone during a quarantine, but I think self-sabotage is a great topic because I do it too. I, I mean, the amount of things you and I together have started and never finished or just quit. And that were amazing. Yeah. We've had multiple sketch groups, sketch things. (laughs) We literally had three. Hold on. How many sketch groups have we had? Happy holidays. Yeah. We had cheat Cheat day. day. I think, Keep it 100. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait. And, and through it all, we managed to never start a podcast. So you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Which is like probably <laughs> probably what all of that should have been is just a podcast we started years ago. And ca- Can you imagine if we started a fucking podcast in 2012 oh. and we were still doing it? Oh, it hurts me to think about it. We literally would never, we would never have to work again. We'd be, like, I feel like. 
We'd be, be re- full-time podcasters. Yeah. Uh, we can't dwell on the past, you know. You just <laughs> oh, every day you really is a just struggle. can't look back. That's what. That's also something that I did in quarantine. Is I look was looking far back as college. Are you chugging a Lacroix? Oh, I, <laughs> pimple mousse is my favorite. It's good. This is this is passion fruit. Actually, oh, it's passion fruit. Oh no, I've been having so many, and I'm like, am I trying to look back, or is it just like? the amount of time trapped alone in your house makes you have flashbacks almost. I think so because I, when I was, I mean, I spent college at USC like quarantining myself cause I was just paralyzed in fear. Like I couldn't go out and do anything unless it was going to class or like getting blackout drunk. Like I didn't no. really, I didn't like college. My first year of college, I was just in my apartment really alone i was so sad i was so depressed and scared and well you got an apartment i had an apartment just my first year at usc because i transferred into usc so i think that the quarantine is making me i'm like remembering i was just like alone in california and you didn't know anyone here yeah and i didn't really i mean i did go out to parties like i was social but for the most part i feel like yeah I was like in my apartment a lot. So I think, I think that just made me this whole thing that's happening is just making me like, Oh my, like just see the thought patterns that I had back then. Yeah. Do people think like this. I mean, the thing is, is like, I do, patterns. but then I go, is this normal? Oh, I think now more than ever people, people who didn't before probably are now. Cause they're, stuck with them. I feel like so many people stay busy or go out and it's like, yes, uh, I, you know, it, there are people who are just naturally social, of course. And like, I like to go out. I like to be with friends, etc. But a little bit of staying busy and going out, I think is avoiding doing that. It's like, oh, I don't want to reflect like on. Self, yeah. It's its own Which addiction. I, feel like I need to it is its own addiction. And there came a point where I was just like massively obsessed with it with yeah. me. Like, and it, it almost became like just self, so self-indulgent and so self-serving. And it's like, what am I actually doing other than just like sitting in my head and spiraling over my thoughts? Yeah. And like being, being aware of my thoughts and being aware of how fucked up they are. And then being aware of like, okay, I'm going to make an effort to change them. And then it's just like, what did I do all day? Like, how am I contributing to society? I relate what to am I doing? so deeply. Cause like, it's like when people go like, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, fun? <laughs> I, th- I don't. What? What is that? Like, there's so many days where I'll get so little done, like on paper. It's like, did I, what did I do as far as accomplishing a task? But I'm still like, where did the day go? I just spent it in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Doing what? What, then what were you actually doing? Well, yeah. All that time spent not doing these, you know, array of the things that you've stopped doing, you know, projects and, and I don't know. Self-sabotage is such a weird gray area. Cause it's like, it's hard to tell. Are my are you actively self sabotaging? Is are you 
Are you supposed to protecting yourself? Yeah, and it's like, or was it like okay? Yeah. No, it's just like, were you supposed to move on from that project? Maybe it's not a thing you sabotaged. Maybe it's you just were. It wasn't. It was no longer serving whatever you need to be doing. But yeah. But then the other thought is like, or is that just what I tell myself to feel bad about all the self sabotaging? True. True. I mean, yeah, I don't, I wish I knew the answer. I definitely don't know anything at all is what I've learned. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even like trust myself. Um, yeah. It, it, I think it's just like, I think you, if you do self-sabotage, I think you do it up until a point where you're like, maybe just bored by your own patterns and just kind of like, what if I actually try to like really go for something? Yeah. Like what if I, yeah. It's like, what if I finish one fucking thing for once in my, like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the crazy thing is, is I started realizing this recently when I follow through on things and I'm actively like, I really want this. They, they, it goes pretty well together. It's like, Oh, imagine like that's so much power we have that we don't realize because we stop doing things but it's like oh imagine if you just stuck to one thing and and really worked hard for it how big it could be it's just so hard to stick to things (laughs) it's no you're you're very spot on with that and i was and i was just looking at my my patterns from like college onward and it was just like any opportunity that I had, I almost like ran from, I almost like w- walked away from it rather than towards it. So I think I've just, I'm like, what if I just walk towards Sometimes. what I want yeah. and believe, you know, that I deserve it and stop making it so complicated. A hundred percent. Let me ask you this. When you have that thought and I'm more asking is like, cause this is what happens to me. Does this happen to you? Where I like, I'll have that thought and I'll go, yeah. And then I go, what the fuck do I want? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. like, do you know what you want? Well, I, I know that I like for career wise, I, want to be doing characters like I want to be on I want to be doing a sketch show like SNL or something similar I want to be doing or something like a dark comedy right yeah so like that's I want to work in TV and then I want to work in film and then I eventually like want to direct yeah oh hi Nicole yeah that was Nicole that was I saw Nicole <laughs> she can't hear you through her headphones um Okay. Well, yes, Nicole's ass. Everybody. I hope everybody saw that bruise that I you, you inflicted on her with my mind. No, but it's just there on her big, beautiful butt. Fucking haunting. I can't believe you guys live together. That's so cool. It's so crazy. It just happened over quarantine because I was living with a roommate who was like, "I have to move back home," like out of nowhere because there was one earthquake, and she's like, "I got to get out of here." And I was like, "Oh." great cool and her roommate happened to be like moving in with her boyfriend so she's at the same time yeah i literally called nicole to be like what am i gonna do and she's like well i mean you could live here (laughs) 
the timing. Then, it's, yeah. that, talk about that's supposed to happen. Well, that's, and that's kind of what we both thought. They're like, this is happening so perfectly timed that maybe we're supposed to live together. For sure. Yeah. And it's For been, sure. it's been great. And we, you know, not circling back to talk about one of my pod and my other podcasts, but it's, I don't know if we could have like kept the momentum with that without the situation. So it's been good and that's growing. So woohoo. You need an extra podcast to promote all of your other podcasts. I know. It's just a, it's just a promotional podcast. This is the, po- the, the podcast about my other podcasts, <laughs> a review, a podcast that reviews your own <laughs> podcasts. Like those review like shows for Talking Dead after Walking Dead, but it's your own podcast. That would actually be very funny to do as like just a bit, just like a group of three or four women and they review. That's great. It's like a late night show where you just review people's podcasts. Honestly, this is a great idea. We're, we're, we're copywriting it. No one take it. Why is there not already a show like that? There might be, but I've never heard of it. I mean, for better or worse, people love shows that just like wrap up what you missed or yeah, people, yeah. People want the bullet points. It's like, if you had a show you could tune into that gave you like five to 10 podcasts of here's the major things that you missed. So that then I feel like most people use that would use it as conversation points at their, at work. They'd be like, Oh yeah. Joe Rogan talked about DMT. Isn't that crazy? I'm totally I'm paying attention. Well, there's so much. Think about it. Like, there's so much content. It's yeah. like overwhelming. That's probably like, why for, no the, does for it. a consu- for a consumer. It's like, how are you supposed to keep up with all of these TV shows on all of these streaming services, all these podcasts? It's insane. Like, it it's a lot. And then I, I have that creator thing where I'm like watching something and then I just start feeling guilty that I'm watching it and I'm not like working on it. Yeah. That it's like, Oh, I mean, I get it where you go, I I should be making something, especially when you watch like a shitty show and you're like, well, this got greenlit. (laughs) Especially when I'm watching a show where I'm like watching an actress and I'm like, I can literally be doing what she's doing. Yeah. It's like, like, I want, I want to be doing what she's doing. It's like sideline syndrome. You're like, wait, put me in coach. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. I started watching um, that show Hollywood on Netflix. (gasps) I've seen the whole thing. It's so good. Wait, hold on. Halfway through, are you kind of like the storylines getting super fucking cheesy? I mean, it's very corny. I like corny though. Like that's the thing is if I I loved, I loved the beginning. When they were, like, working at a gas station and hooking up, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, I think it probably, it loses steam for a lot of people because it stops being all about sex. And it's like, I don't care about your dreams. Go back to fucking illegally. (laughs) I know. It's so hot and unexpected. I I didn't even expect that part happening. But also, it's like, it's what pissed me off the most is how I'm like, okay, anyone who lives in Los Angeles and is in the entertainment industry. I don't care what fucking time era it is. You move to LA and your wife is pregnant. She's like two months pregnant. You're a dick. And he's like, he's this guy is, yeah, you should not be, get pregnant and move out here. Um, no, but like the time span of him making it quote unquote. Oh yeah. So it was like, it, that does not happen. 
it, it made me angry where I was like, bro, there's no way that you would be the star of a movie within six months of living in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like his wife hadn't even had the baby and it's like, you're going to, you're a star. Like it's frustrating. Cause I mean, it's like, there's enough people in Los Angeles. We don't need people seeing this and going, it could be oh. me next. I just have to blow someone at a gas station and <laughs> I'm going to be a star. Put, put me in the pictures. Like you're saying, the pictures, the pictures. You're a star. How many times did they say, you tell me you're a star? <laughs> How does say it feel to be star. a star? It's, it's, all, it's just a star, a star, a star. I'm like, Jesus. It's very cheesy. Is he goic in the 60s? I mean, people probably, I mean, the people that those characters are based on or types of people they're based around, probably. I feel like, you, I wonder if you can make it and not be a little bit of a psychopath. Like, it bums me out because there's people who are not great people or who are just, like, a little nutty like that. And I'm like, well, eventually, like, things will taper out for them, and they don't. And I'm like, is that the key? Do I have to go, no, I'm a fucking star, and I'm going to act like a star, and the world will unfold in front of me. It's like, what? You know what? I truly, I actually believe that. Yeah. I think that my biggest hang up is not being deluded with insane confidence. Yeah. It's like self-worth and literally just walking around like an attitude, like you need this because that's what I feel like the industry responds to. They're like, Oh, I guess we need it. They don't even know what you're, you're selling. They're like, we're buying it. (laughs) We're buying here for it. (laughs) (laughs) Like any type of self doubt. They're like, no, um, I don't know. I, I, I think that that's true though. It does have, I mean, confidence goes a long way. I mean, I think we've all had days you've had like days where you go out or nights you go out where you like dress up and you feel really hot and you're like, I could take on the world and you feel like yeah. you're like, you're walking through bars. Like everyone's fucking checking me out. Like not all the time, but I feel like yeah. everyone's had one of those nights every once in a while. And it's like, yeah, how can I do that every day? <laughs> <laughs> How do I harness that yeah. psychotic energy? How do I not have to spend hours and hours undoing my hair and makeup to make myself feel this way? I did, well, Lisa's show that I did like two years ago, I did one of her shows for the first time, which is weird because I never did her Pretty Funny Women classes and she put me on one of her shows. Well, which, ooh, busted out. That must mean she really likes you because um, that is not a thing she does. So I think it's a very high compliment. Yeah, well, I had to dress up and I never dressed up for stand up ever at all. Yeah. Like do like wear like I wore like a really low cut shirt and I put on like dress heels, which felt weird going on stage in dress heels to be honest. Yeah. But um, yeah, my hair was curled. I had makeup on and I was just like, I was like, I feel good about myself but I felt weird being funny, like looking attractive. Yeah, which is like, like a, I fucked up. It's so weird. So all, I mean, I was like, I have to sell this. Like my tits are out. Like I can't be doubting myself. You can't, you know That's what I mean? So, like you what can't a funny logic. yourself. Wait, oh, absolutely. Like, you have a, you have a zip, be- I might have a nip slip, 
I can't be insecure. Like, I got to fucking own. Yeah, you can't have your tits out and then be insecure. People are going to be like, I don't understand what's happening. It's, this is, doesn't fit. But like, you can't dress like that and be like, ah, I'm ashamed. It's like, well, put on a sweater then, you fucking idiot. But, I know. Sorry, go ahead. That was a, no, 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 no. You're so right. And I, it, it was a huge learning lesson for me because I, brought this confidence on stage that I've never brought into the stage before. Yes. I, it was so empowering. And I did two shows like that in San Diego. And I remember being like, Oh, after the set, like I, I have this new type of, uh, after these sets, I have like a new type of confidence that I'm bringing to my standup, which like really transformed my standup. Yeah. It just with just with, more confidence who knew just with more confidence no it's like putting it's something about putting on an outfit and like feeling like you're nailing a look you're just that much more prepared to like be seen by a crowd like you're like fuck you i know i look good so i don't have to worry about that not that it it's very weird because the first time i ever had to do a set dressed up just on a regular show, it's because I was running late from a work event where it was like a fundraiser and I was in a dress and I was like, oh, well. And then I was like, that's probably going to be weird. And then it went well. And I'm like, why don't we... It's this fucked up thing where I Who think... Who told us that? Like Several people, but I hate all of them. Like, did you? Did anyone ever tell you that? Like, we well, don't want to be too hot because it's distracting. And first of all, it's like, yeah, I'm never going to be so hot, it's distracting. Like, I can be a nice-looking it's girl. It's literally so... It's so archaic. Yeah, it's misogynistic. Also, and I think... I it think is misogynistic, yeah. What's, unfortunately, I think it's in our brains, too, that, like, I don't like that I look at a... Like, when I see a new comedian who's, like, really hot, I don't... I am. I initially think, like, eh, she's probably not that funny. And it's this thing of, like, well, you're hot. You didn't have to develop a personality. I'm not shitting on you. But, like... Yeah. But, but that's so dumb that someone... The idea that I, you can't be both... He's like, why not? I know. I know. You never know. She might have been uh, bullied or, you know. Yeah. Uh, fo- forgotten about or she doesn't have any parents. You, you never know. Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> also that we could have been left, <laughs> left at a Waffle House. I always just feel like something really tragic has to happen to you to be the stand-up comic because why would you want to do this? It's like, what do you laugh? I, I think a little bit. You don't have to have the most fucked up life, but... You have to be craving love in a very specific way to go like, this is what I need. A crowd laughing at me. This feels good. Like, what is wrong with us? That it's like, oh, yes, laugh. Like, that's everyone's nightmares to be laughed at by a group of people. And we're like, nothing brings me to life. I know. It's actually really disturbing if you break down what a stand-up comedian does. Yeah, that it's like... People are like, oh, but they're spreading joy. And it's like, at what expense? Yeah, they're just slowly killing themselves. Like, for the, for the masses, for, you know, 10 people in an empty bar. Uh, but... No, yeah, I think that... For a long time, I especially when I first started, it was like a big validation. Like it was me needing validation. Yes, and I think that's also why I was obsessed with like being on so many podcasts and just like wanting to talk talk about all of my shit and like unloading all of my crazy 
and you know and like making it funny and like having all these stories and like getting caught up in dysfunctional men and like I feel like that once I stopped drinking once I got sober I was like oh I was doing so much of that for validation yes weird that I still want to do it because I'm not looking for validation anymore thank you I'm feeling the same way but I'm like because now I like can validate myself as a human and now I'm in a weird place especially with not being able to perform because I'm like do I need it I mean I don't need it but I still miss it yeah it is this weird because at a certain point I think early on in my career too like you it is like it's like a drug you like feel like you need it this is so great that you're saying that. Cause I've been feeling that for a while of like, yeah, I don't have the, I don't have that desperation of like needing a crowd to love me. I still enjoy doing stand up. It's still like my, I, I love it. It's great. But that idea that every comedian is like, please God. Ah, I, I wonder if this is going to, I mean, this is maybe, not depressing, but negative is that I'm like, can I not progress further in my standup career if that's gone? Like, or is that a delusion? You know, like that I'm not drove you to work so hard. Yeah. And it's like, I I don't mean drive. Exactly. And it's like, Oh, I don't need everyone to love me. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I don't fault anyone who feels that way or who's like, that's not why I do it. But I think that was why I did it. I was like, I just want love. And the more you work on yourself, the more you're like, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like when you realize, when you have moments of realizing like everything you want and that you're searching for outside of yourself, you have inside of yourself. Yeah. Because then you go, well, what do I do outside then? Then what am I trying to work towards, I guess, if I, if I have everything. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is, it is interesting. Like when I first started doing standup, I, that's the very first moment I actually started working on myself. Like, yeah. Like I started standup and I was like, oh shit. Cause you have to be honest. Yeah. Like that's, you can't make a joke about something that isn't real. It's just not funny. So I actually, standup is what got me to be honest with myself. Yeah, because you had to look at your shit. And I was like, oh, I'm very fucked up. And I I, I have this, like, delusion where I think I'm more fucked up than I am. Well, I think that's just... I don't think that's abnormal. I mean, I don't know to what extent yours goes. But I think, as humans, we all judge ourselves more harshly than we judge other people. So, we... We can feel all our feelings, so it's so much more than what we can see in another person. So... I think that's a, to some extent, that's normal to be like, I'm just a fucking, I'm a ball of trauma. I don't know. I just, I feel like these, these guys I date think that they're fine and they don't, not like they don't work on themselves. Yeah, they don't no, I mean, have the language. And look, I'm not here to shit on men. Um, I am. But- <laughs> that's why i brought you here and this Welcome is back my to my shows really this really is our new that. podcast shit on men my eighth <laughs> podcast i started today but like these guys don't have the language they don't even know what i'm talking about like 
I think I said something as simple as transmute. Um, and he was like, what does that mean? Like, how do you, what do you mean? Like transmute energy? And I was just like, Oh, you don't have like language for like growth words. Like he didn't understand growth words. And I was just like, and then this other guy that I, I dated a quarantine, a two month, I had like a two month quarantine boyfriend. I guess. I Dana. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it, everything's fine. We're, we tested negative for COVID and we didn't fuck. So who cares? So what um, a w- great use of your time. What a waste. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy was like, yeah, I mean, he literally said I went to therapy and then she told me that I was fine. I go, no therapist would say that you're fine and stop going. Oh, he's probably a narcissist. And that was a therapist way of not, of, you know, a lot of therapists, if they work with nar- narcissists, <laughs> narcissists, yeah, oh, you do like enough sessions from what I've heard from like reading and, and one of my close friends from college is a therapist. But like, if, if you work with someone and after a while, like they, nothing is ever their fault. Like they cannot like they're looking for someone to just go, yeah, everyone else around you is bad. Eventually a therapist goes, well, you're never going to accept that you need to work on yourself so I can't help you. But you can't, you know, it, that's a delicate thing to say to someone. So therapists will just go, you know, I think that we've pretty much got everything under, you know, we've done everything that we can do and I God. wish you well. Wait, I think this guy was a narcissist because he was ta- his ex was codependent. Oh, he that's his ex that was super codependent. And I was like, Bitch, you're a narcissist because codependents attract narcissists. Yeah, it's like, like in, what, sorry, hang on. <laughs> okay, you guys, we pause for a second because my friend, uh, my friend, my roommate, co-host of my other podcast, Two Filthy Nerds. <laughs> um, it's been like an ongoing bit on this episode with Dana being like, how many podcasts do both of you have? Um, she heard me just say to Dana the, the thing about how therapists will drop a narcissist, but, you know, try to be delicate about it. And, uh, and she's like, is that true? And she was like, oh, somebody I know just told me that happened to them. And I'm like, well, TikTok, red flag. It's such a red flag when a guy you're dating goes, my therapist told me I'm fine and I need to stop coming. And I was like, like, and he was like bragging about it. I'm like, nobody, no therapist says that. Like that feels so off to me. And no therapist and he, goes, you're fine. He needed to go because his ex-girlfriend screwed him up. And then after they had set, like a few sessions after their breakup, she was like, yeah, you're like pretty much fine. Okay, so he was a narcissist for sure. Yeah. But I also started looking up. I'm really interested about why people are narcissists and I want to have compassion for it rather than just kind of like exile them out of my life. Yeah. Be it's like, hard because it, I, I'm in the same boat as you. And it's very hard because they can't, they can't so receive. I'm a codependent. Their, so I attract, I attract them. Yeah. Well, that's too. why all the men that you had, they're like, well, I don't know why all these men don't have the language. It's because a narcissist is like, well, I don't need to work on myself. I'm great. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's, okay. So apparently, um, what happens there's like they have their ego is inflated and they think that they're superior because they have um very low self-esteem and low self-worth and when having they, a codependent partner validates 
their self-esteem because the person's trying to do whatever they can for them. And they also can manipulate. You can easily manipulate a codependent. Yeah. Or an empath, a people pleaser. Yeah. 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 So that's the reason is they, they feed them compliments and what they want to hear so that they can get what they want from them. Yes. They tell you you're so great. Yes. Like, so basically what I get from it is that a narcissist, like what happened to them in childhood, they have stunted some type of stunted emotional growth or, um, like did not receive needs from their parents. Yeah. There's something like there's, there's a lot of trauma that happened to them in childhood. Yeah. To make them have to compensate like this. Exactly. So I'm trying to have compassion and I'm also trying to figure out if like other family members are narcissists because I have family members that try to distort my reality and I'm like, okay, wait, hold on. Like this is off. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I do have family members that are narcissists. I mean, my mom is like, I love her now. We get along because we, you know, never are not close. We, we never see each other. Um, she's moving back to the United States, by the way. Um, oh, good. Where? Arizona. She has a job there. So that's pa- great. like Northern Arizona where it's like really pretty. And there's like I this huge lake. And- I, yeah. I feel like that'd be nice for you to be closer to your mom. Can you yeah. Or but it's not so far that I'm like trapped in a foreign country with her, which is hard. Dude, your stepdad literally <laughs> messages me on Facebook like every other week. Are you kidding? Is he still trying to get you to play poker or does he just send you copy and paste messages about Jesus? He sends me everything and anything under the sun. I think I'm like <laughs> under his like close friends on Facebook where it's just always like message from Terry. I'm like, oh. Well, if it... I'm so embarrassed. And like, am I supposed to apologize for that? I guess. Like, I. If it's Why are you friends with your stepdad on Facebook? Because you, and for the record, because in like 2013, you thought it would be funny to be friends with my parents on Facebook, and you opened up a wormhole. You did this to yourself, not to victim blame. But <laughs> he's also like can barely read, so he may think he's messaging someone else. But. Um, so funny. He's also sent me some messages. I mean, he sent me a video that I think he thought was funny, but involved a man's ball sack. And I was like, Hey man, don't ever message me again. Like this is, (laughs) I don't know if you're like, she's a comedian. She hangs out with, you know, crass male comics. She'll laugh, which I think was the intention. But I was like, I don't even remember what it was. I think a man like put a mousetrap on his dick or something. But I was like, yeah, I don't want videos of people's dicks sent to me by anyone. But especially my stepdad, <laughs> like just one on one. Stepdad is is a character. Stepdad is so inappropriate. He's so inappropriate. Like he's always telling me if I'm like lost too much weight, if I've gained too much weight. I'm like, don't look at my body. Yeah, my so, weight is not your concern. Ugh. But like the fact that he stares at my body is more of the problem. Yeah, my stepdad looking to notice. Yeah. My stepdad used to comment on my body all the time. I don't live with them. So I think, and I know like you don't live with them, but you see your parents a decent amount. So it's like, that's none of your business. And also why are you looking at me? Yeah. It's just weird. dude. Uh, It's so weird. How do we get to stepdads? Great character, by the way, if you guys haven't seen Dana's stepdad, that should be your sketch group. (laughs) Stepdads. Oh my God. I literally stepdads. I 
just started. I lost my mind because I finished my character reel and I was like, yeah, the only fun thing for me to do was just, I started impersonating my stepdad and I was like, I'm going to put him in my character reel. That's amazing. And I was like, I don't care if this is like right or wrong or what you're supposed to do. But I was like, this was makes me laugh. And I think it's funny. And also I'm like, I think Instagram is like hiding my posts. Really? Literally like my views. The algorithm is so shitty lately. The algorithm is so bad that I almost don't want to post anything because nobody can even see it. It's like, it's, it's like hidden from all my followers. That's so weird. I wonder, I fucking don't know their system. It's so bizarre. I don't know. It's just weird. Sorry, go ahead. No, it just makes me not want to like put stuff out there because I'm like, no one's going to see it anyways. So who cares? Someone will see it. If one person laughs, I mean, the industry probably isn't going to care, but unless you have tons of views, but you know, do it for that one person. (laughs) Kill us, kill us all. Do it for the one creepy, creepy fan who likes all of your posts, (laughs) who responds to literally everything you do. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you, are you trying to date now? So you, you dated, you were dating in quarantine. Dude, I don't know if this is healthy or not, but I was so, I was, let's just start with this is very unhealthy. We know where this is going. I was so lonely. I was very lonely. I was dating out of just pure loneliness. Just to connect with someone. I mean, you were like in your house alone. You live alone, right? I live alone, which I thought was a great idea, guys. Thought it was a great idea to live alone. Wrong. You know what's a good idea is to live with four other roommates in a very large house. I mean, oh, I miss my very large house situation. Do you miss your I, your large mont house? I miss rooms, several rooms, having <laughs> places rooms. to go. I, I know. Rooms. Where it's I lived alone once for one year and I was like, oh, I don't think, I I think I will end up killing myself if I live alone. Well, that's why Megan, our friend Megan moved. She lived alone for a year and she was like, I literally will die in this apartment if I don't move. Shame. It was a very cute apartment. I know. Would have been a beautiful place to die. Yeah. Right. I'm like, who got that apartment, bitch? (laughs) I know. And it was like rent controlled and pretty cheap. But Uh, so anyway, so I actually, you know, did like phone dates. I was on Hinge and like matching with guys. Oh, I tried video dates now, right? Yeah. Sorry, you tried to date who? I tried to date uh, this guy I went to Joshua Tree with right before the way before the quarantine started. I went to Joshua Tree with a couple friends, and one of them was a ginger. I mean, gross, right? So that's so mean. That's so mean. I don't mean that. I'm just yeah, no, but disgusting. but die no and burn in hell. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my, for my first boyfriend was a redhead. Ah, uh, my God. Anyway. There's some hot redheads. Yeah. yeah. There's that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys, we're kidding. Somewhere there's a redhead fan who's, who's just unsubscribed. Off. I'm unsubscribing for, from all 12 of your podcasts. <laughs> so... Anyways, I just forced this, like, really weird thing with this guy, and I, I, I was, like, 
it was basically out of just like loneliness and fear of like, how long are we going to be in this pandemic? I would love to like have a person. Yeah. And so now I see him with mutual friends and there's this kind of like awkwardness of like, yeah, we definitely like forced something that we wasn't there into. Um, that's so but yeah, I, I, and then I was just like on the apps and I was just like, a, I was a maniac on the apps. Really? Like swiping like crazy? Out of, out, just out, out of my mind. And this one dude, I thought this would be a good idea. There was a couple sober dudes that I was talking to at the same time, which I was like, this, this would be great. Like it's dating. I'm sober, he's sober. So is he yeah, and he and he? Somebody. <laughs> I literally, these men were straight up psychopaths. Really? One of them, one of them just called me every day and wanted to talk for like an hour on the phone every day. Oh my God. And every then the day? Other one, I couldn't do that. I was like, no. Yeah. And then he, he was like, he was really into sexting. So we sexted and that was like hot. I was into it. And then he, he like really was into calling me like a dirty slut. And I was like, yeah, I'm a right. dirty slut. And then the next day he's like, what are you up to this afternoon, you slut? And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just like, why do men not understand that, that there is a place for that? And if a woman's into it, fine. That does not mean she wants to be called that across the board. This is. And then he's like, call me back, dirty slut. And I was like, no. So you, can't you can't think of another word. But also, like, in context, like, I want to be called a slut, like, when something sexual is happening, but in yes. day to day, Same. I don't want to be called a slut unless you're, like, my girlfriend and you're, like, hey, whore, or whatever. Yeah. Like, you slut. What's up, slut? Yeah, no. I mean, I, I enjoy that, but... But from a guy, if he's just like, good morning, slut. <laughs> be like, I'm not your property. What's wrong with you? Good afternoon. Hello, wench. <laughs> like... My boyfriend calls me a winch sometimes just to be funny. Not in bed. That would be very weird. But not that not to kink shame, but it's real oh, it's just I, a funny word. Shame. I know. You're from Connecticut. <laughs> we know. I shame. Honestly, I'm surprised you let a man call you a slut in in the bedroom? In sexting? It's not in the bedroom. It's yeah. That's so oh, funny. I'm into it. I, by the way, I'm into dirty talk. I didn't even realize this about myself. I'm really good at dirty talk and I'm really into it. Yeah. And, um, I, I was learning this one guy was kind of like teaching me the ropes. And so he was like, we were, we were telling each other like our porn fantasies. Yours was like the Grinch. Dirty talk. <laughs> I'm like, his face is green. He's long nails. <laughs> but like we were hooking up and we, we were totally just going to second base, like a junior high, jerk off or whatever and it was we had to be whispering dirty things in each other's ears like get each other off and so he was like he was telling me about he's like yeah I'm in a room with the girl that's blowing me and another girl that um is like is going down on her and I was like well where am I (laughs) yeah like I'm not in the fantasy like he was telling me about his threesome that and he's like, yeah, you're like not in the room. Like, you're hiding under the bed, ashamed, because you're a gimp. And you're like, what? 
Because, like, it was kind of, I don't know, I kind of got weird. because like You couldn't, like, like bring me into I, this? Yeah, like, I want to get tagged in. And then he was like, I told him that I, like, my porn fantasy is two guys and a girl. But what he Amen. didn't know is that he thought it was, like, me getting fucked by two dudes. And my fantasy is that dudes are fucking each other and the girl and you're like yes i support you and then the girl's what one of the the dicks that is not in a hole what is the girl doing i don't know but i love it i love awkwardly parading around like well what can how do i be okay i um seems like you guys are fine i'm gonna dust i'm gonna dust there's something about like two bisexual men and a girl I mean, yeah. For me. I've looked up bisexual because It's fantasy. It's I know that I would never do that. So yeah. that kind of gets me off in a, in a, in a fantasy world. Like, so then he was doing dirty talk, and he was like, yeah, you like, uh, yeah, so so you like two guys. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And he's like, you want you want to like, you want two guys to fuck you at the same time? And I was like, um, well, it's more actually. Like, unconsciously that's like really turns me on like my unconscious self and he was like no this is fantasy like stop like i got so i, I started to get like deep you were breaking it down stuff. like freudian I was, like, my like unconscious self and i think the real reason yeah. he's like i'm just trying to come lady yeah he was like stop what are you doing <laughs> um i don't need to know anyways um the whole point is that I just tried to date out of loneliness, and I guess, uh, you know, when you date, when your intention is off, you attract people whose intention is off. Oh, yeah. When you're just trying to fill some void, do you think a little of you is like, oh, like the validation that even though you don't think you're seeking validation from getting on stage, not having that was like, well, I want someone to pay attention to me. Um. The amount of, yeah, so a big defect of mine is um, getting validation from men. Yeah. Seeking praise and admiration and validation from men is a huge defect of mine that I, that I uh, am really like working on right now because I don't like that about myself. I I get it. Actually, like, it's the one thing that I'm like, I have a lot of shame around because I Mm -hmm. don't want that but it's like my go-to I I just start doing it without even realizing it and I was attracting like the neediest guys ever Uh, and this one guy was so hot another he was the one of the sober guys that I was telling you about and I just I can't really date sober guys is what I'm realizing really even though you're sober yeah this is interesting they're too much I can't date a comic. I do you think it's the same thing? I can't date a male comic. Do you think is it because it's what is the word I'm looking for? Too much. Um, what is that word when you see yourself in someone? Do you know what I'm trying to say? The mirror. Yeah. Like. No, it's not that. Okay. I, I think that sober men are just children. To me, they feel very much like like young young boys. I that think a lot of men just are like that, though. Yeah, 
that's I mean, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I guess it, like you, something about drinking a beer maybe adds like two years. <laughs> yeah. He's a man. He's drinking beer, <laughs> but like his facial hair. I, I don't I know. Yeah. Th- this guy was like, this is the craziest thing because I didn't respond to him for like 15 minutes. Yeah. I was writing or doing something or maybe 30 minutes living your life. He freaked out on me and Ugh. completely lost his mind. And I was like, it was such a bummer because I feel like it's like, man, everything else was so was great. When someone yeah. does that though, or like early on comes on too strong, it's honestly like you get bummed, but then you're like, realistically, it's like, oh, thank goodness that he did that. So now I know that he's like that, that you didn't get deeper into it. Yeah. It's like a blessing when it happens right away. Cause you're like, this would never work out long term. But also I was just like, he definitely thought that I was shaming him because I was just like, yo, good luck finding someone who responds thought- every five minutes. I mean, yeah, that's a like, lot. I know, we're in, I know we're in quarantine, but like, I don't know anybody who responds every five minutes, no matter how obsessed they are with you. No, it's like, it is a, I think it's a thing that a, a lot of people think is normal to like, to want that or to expect it. And it's like, yeah, especially I think even now more in quarantine, it's like we have to actively work to be, make sure we are disconnecting from our phone. Cause it's like, I'm just at home doing nothing. I'll just get right on the phone. And it's like, you know, I need to take active breaks from stuff or I will go crazy. Yeah. Like I can't. So it's so bad for our brains to be on our phone all day. So bad. I'm trying to limit it even more, but I've been trying to reduce social media and it's like it's, it's also just like relax it is a weird time to be like do you think i don't have anything better to do than respond to you and they're like well what were you doing i, I was I, I was busy with you have like stuff. no excuse yeah i could just be i could want to be by myself <laughs> It's yeah. It almost feels like disrespectful in a way. Like, do I not have an hour to turn my phone off and like get writing done and like do something for me? And I was trying to explain it to him. I was like, "Yo, I have to turn my phone off and hide it." Yeah, because I'll. It's compulsive. I'll be on it, and it's like the only way I can actually write is if I hide my phone from myself and I don't yeah. check it. And it's literally it's nothing personal at all. So yeah. get the fuck over yourself, bro. Yeah, it's also like, who are you that you think anyone should drop what they're doing to respond to you? Yeah. I mean, narcissist. That's it all comes back to that. That like and that's the problem with LA is the entertainment industry or the appeal of it attracts a larger number, I think, than a lot of other industries. So you gotta weed through a lot of people. Yeah, all of the narcissists moved to Los Angeles. Yeah, that's why I started dating someone who was from Los Angeles. <laughs> See, he was born here. He didn't chase anything out here. But do you guys do you feel like your relationship got so much closer during this time? Yeah, it was I mean, there were moments where it felt very challenging cuz it's like we were we were quarantining in the same space and I was like at his place basically the whole time. And that's hard. Like you're just in someone's space and 
you don't have your own space. And I don't know what the actual term for the feeling I feel in situations like that is, but after a very short while, I feel this has something to do with shame or self-worth or whatever. Disgusting. Like I feel gross being in someone's space too much. And I've had experiences where like, I've, it's, it's a weird thing because I've had experiences before like that. And I've almost been like, I either get paralyzed by it. And then I just am stuck in this gross when it's like, yeah, I just need to make a little action, make a move here, take a break, go on a walk. You know what? Or or I just am like, I gotta get out of here. Like I go nuts. So it was challenging, but it was an interesting opportunity for almost a trial run of what it would be like to live together. So we got to learn. How long were you there for? Um, I moved into my new place in June. So March, half of March, April, May, because my roommate, which I don't fault her for, but my old roommate had been like, Hey, I don't want to be a bitch, but I'm extremely anxious about this virus. Could you either stay here or stay there? Cause I was coming back and forth a little, I just moved into that place. <laughs> like I didn't stay one night at the, the apartment I was in before this one. It was just my stuff there. And she's like, you I'm literally not- moved your stuff into an apartment. Yeah. I paid like, I was, uh, I was like an over a thousand dollar storage unit is basically what I did for two and a half months, which I try not to think about. Cause it makes me want to stab my eyes out. Um, but she's like, I, I don't mean to be rude. I am just extremely anxious about this whole virus. And, and, and but I, I was like, you know what? I get it. And I don't want to be contributing to your anxiety. That's fine. He and I talked about it because we were feeling the same way. We shouldn't be going out and about and back and forth. Did he, does he have roommates or just his? Yeah, he has one roommate and she was great. He, he is, he's like, I was so worried that like we were going to drive each other crazy, but it's been so easy. And like, there were just moments of too, cause I'm a workaholic. So I'm taking up all this space trying to still podcast and like in, you know, in his room or like trying to find, it was chaotic, but we learned what it's like to live with each other, which I've for sure made the mistake of moving in with guys too fast. So that was cool. And I learned things like we learned about each other in a way that like, when we do decide to move in together, we now have, parameters of like things we definitely have to have in a place. I was like, we have to have more than one bathroom and I want two bedrooms when we live together. I need, I need space. Yeah. Like I could never live with a guy unless I had my own bathroom. Yeah. It's because like, also that's the quickest way to kill romance is to share a toilet. I know. And right. we did. And there were sometimes he takes long showers and I would like the coffee would hit me and I'd be like, you got to get out. Like there was only two or three times, but it was two or three times where I had to knock on the door and I was like, dude, you have no hair. Why are you still in there? Like you are stopping wasting water. What are you in there hiding from me? Probably I'm annoying. Please God, I'm going to shit my pants. And one time he was like, the door's unlocked. Just come in. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to shit while you're in the shower. I will not do that. I have to draw a line. Do you want this love to die? Would he... Oh, is that something he would be fine with? I think he would be fine with it. I don't think he would ever do that to me. Well, if I said he could, I don't know. Maybe he would... 
I think he'd be fine with it. But I was like, no, I'm not fine with it. Like, I, I don't want to. Dude, that's so, talk about intimate. I know. But it's like, I can't expect you to like, later tonight, find me sexy. If four hours ago, you saw me like, pooping. <sighs> yeah, because my poops are rough. And one time, I didn't know this, but apparently I make noise sometimes when I poop. Like, it's my little body squeezing out oh. huge poops. And I had a guy I dated once go like, it's really funny, I can hear you, like, groaning through the door when you're pooping. And I was like, what? I think I stopped immediately after that moment. I think I'm hyper aware now when I poop. I think I'm on the toilet, like, like trying not to make noise if it's... Oh you just, my like, God. When you're, like, constipated or whatever, and it's just like... I didn't That's know. so funny. I was so set or like I was so I don't know animalistically needing to get shit out that I didn't even know I was making a noise but I was apparently going like just <laughs> fucking disgusting it's disgusting and then I'm supposed to like yeah while you're showering by the way not a curtain it's one of those like glass wall showers like there's not <laughs> no that's what I envisioned that's so weird because that's what I envisioned yeah it's but, but now we know, and we were able to effectively communicate when it was like, when we were really stressed out. So it's like, oh, I, I could live with him. And what's crazy is this is the first guy I've ever dated. Maybe not ever. Maybe someone in high school was healthy. I don't know. It's hard to tell. But like, he's like so emotionally I feel like this healthy. Might be your, yeah, I feel like this might be your first healthy guy. I mean, yeah. that's how it feels, right? Well, yeah, no, I mean, it's like, we're very similar. And like, I dated several narcissists and it's like that like energy of, ooh, someone I can help. Or like, I don't know what the fucking gross codependent energy is, but like, he's from a good family and he like has communication skills. It's like, oh, oh. Wow, those so lucky those people. I know. It's like what is well that's the, the the interesting thing has been that like this whole quarantine it's hard on all of us. We're all losing our minds. But I feel like it's exceptionally hard for him in a way. Not that I'm like poor baby, but it's like oh you've never like you've never had trauma. <laughs> like this is your first trauma. Whoa, really? Which is crazy because it's like this is hard, but it's like, yeah, we, I've done hard. Sure. I've, you, I'm used to dark feelings, you know? And it's like, I don't think he's ever felt depressed. And it's a very, it's like, oh, wow, you have not experienced this, which like is great in the grant, you know, what, what a blessing that this is the worst thing to ever happen to someone. But like, it's interesting being with someone who hasn't had to experience like this level of insecurity or uncertainty yet. But also it's like, I mean, yeah, just, I feel like people who have a lot of money are, they look like they're in luxury. They're quarantining in luxury. They have these houses and stuff. Yeah. But if you look at it relative to their lifestyle, they can't travel like yeah. they used to. Well, yeah, and it's right? like, like there's the cynical person who grew up poor in me was always like, and there's still a little part of me that's like, oh, boo-hoo, bitch, you can't go to your vacation home. But suffering is relative. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, 
if like if someone has had everything go right then like something going wrong and if they've never had trauma and if they've never experienced any obstacles in life then this is a really big challenge for some people yeah because it's i I always had to go with the flow like shit just always went awry in my family growing up yeah and a lot of trauma happened and a lot of like devastating like i've experienced so much death and like all this crazy yes. shit at such a young age and i just had to like go with the flow of absolutely insanity so it's almost like well there you go that concludes the free hour of the dana moon episode if you want the rest and i know you do you gotta head over to patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed Become a member for only a dollar a month. You can give more, but like all you got to give is a dollar. You get full episodes, no ads, and a lot more. We do crappy hour hangs and we just, they're basically just weekly bitch sessions. Like let's all get together and talk about what the fuck is up and more bonus episodes, other crazy shit. Get over there. Shout out to Gene, Greg, John, Kathy, and Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots over on Patreon. I love you guys and I couldn't do this without you. I will see you soon at one of our hangs and over on patreon if you haven't already please subscribe rate review ignorance is blessed uh, on the itunes podcast app or wherever you're listening if reviews are an option it helps and so i'm gonna keep asking you because i've learned that if you don't ask people don't know and you can't assume that people know and also i'm working on getting better at asking for things Because as a person who likes to help, I need to get over the fact that I think me asking for help will be met with hostility. Anyway, that's a whole different episode that maybe I should do a bonus episode about. (laughs) Anyway, let's let's close up shop here. Please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be an expert in the topics discussed. They're just one person sharing sharing their own experience and ideas about how things look from their situated position in the world. You want to suggest a guest, you know who's, or you want to know who's coming up, so you can suggest questions. Join the Facebook group by searching "ignorances hashtag blessed idiots" and joining. By the way, it'll ask you member questions. Say you're there because of the podcast. There's so many people who don't answer, and then there's a lot of people who go, "I love quotes." I think they just see it and they think "ignorance is blessed" is a quote, or they've come to correct me on why it's the wrong quote, and I don't let them in because uh, I only want po- podcast fans. <laughs> Uh, it's basically a, a safe space for maybe unsafe questions. Maybe you have a thing that you're like, well, this goes against the grain of what, you know, seems to be the popular opinion, but I would like to discuss it because why am I the only one who feels this way? And often you're not. And we can learn, we can grow. It's mostly a meme graveyard, but that's fine. I ask for questions there and that's where I'm most likely to see your responses, your posts. And I, I engage as well. Like I'm, I love jumping in on combos and let's talk it out and pick things apart from all sides let's get philosophical in there as i yawn into the microphone oh yeah i love it just non-stop as i fall asleep but i do it's a good time uh i just need to go to bed and uh, maybe spend less time in facebook groups anyway send over your suggestions and your questions through that facebook group keep asking questions the more we ask the more we know the more we learn and i said that backwards that's how tired i am it's the more we learn the more we know listen you just want to learn. I'm not going to do the silly outro thing because I already fudged it up and I'm not going to edit this. I love you guys. Thank you for being patient with my ignorance and with my stuttering all over the end of this podcast. I couldn't even say podcast. All right. See you soon, idiots.